Your next winter coat could help store carbon. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The largest dam removal project in U.S. history is underway on the Klamath River that runs along the California-Oregon border. Last year, the federal government approved the demolition of four dams to open up the river for salmon habitat after decades of lobbying by Native American tribes. The dams, which were constructed from 1918 to 1962, had prevented the fish from reaching spawning grounds upstream. Much of the first dam is now gone, allowing the river to flow freely at that at that point, the remaining three dams and reservoirs will be removed next year. Emptying the reservoirs will allow sunlight in areas for the first time in more than a century. When done, 400 miles will have been open to wildlife, including threatened species. To prepare, tribes in the area have been gathering seeds by hand to spread them along the banks of the Freed River, and hundreds of thousands of trees and shrubs will be planted. Rewilding the Klamath is part of a movement across the U.S. to restore habitat for fish and ecosystems. About 2,000 dams have been torn down, most in the last 25 years. Global warming is causing permafrost to melt, which could release pathogens, bacteria, viruses, and microorganisms that have been in suspended animation for thousands of years. While previous research has shown that pathogens can emerge from melting ice and permafrost, a new study from Flinders University in Australia shows that about 1% of those could pose a significant risk to ecosystems. And while that may seem small, the researchers say that there's substantial danger because ecosystems and humans have not been exposed to the ancient pathogens and may not have developed defenses. Permafrost is a permanently frozen layer on or under the Earth's surface, consisting of soil, gravel, and sand bound together by ice, found mainly in Arctic regions of Greenland, the U.S., China, Russia, and Europe. In 2016, a massive anthrax outbreak in Siberia linked to thawing permafrost affected dozens of people and killed thousands of reindeer. The authors warned that it is plausible a virus once bound in ice could enter human populations through animals, as did HIV, SARS, and Ebola. As more and more renewable energy comes online, the need to store the power generated from solar and wind is growing too. Existing battery technology is expensive and relies on materials like lithium, which has environmental impacts, so low-cost, sustainable alternatives are needed. So researchers from MIT thought, how about storing electricity in the foundation of a house? That's the idea behind electrified cement a new technology that takes two of the world's ubiquitous materials, cement and so-called carbon black, and turns them into a supercapacitor that can store exceptionally large amounts of electric charge. Carbon black, which resembles very fine charcoal, occurs naturally after wildfires and also from human activity like the incomplete combustion of fossil fuels. It's been used since antiquity as a pigment, the Dead Sea Scrolls were written with it, and it's very conductive. For that reason, the team experimented with adding carbon black into a concrete mixture with water and found it formed a branching network that acted like wires. As the material hardened, it was ready not only to support a house, 
but also to store the energy its rooftop solar would generate. The researchers say the supercapacitor cement could capture electricity generated, say, by a wind turbine in its concrete platform, or store energy from solar panels along a highway in the base of a road and charge EVs as they drive along. And finally, sure, it's still summer, but before long, we'll be reaching for our puffy coats. And while the quilted jackets are great for keeping us warm, they're not so hot for the environment. The fluffy filling is made either from polyester derived from fossil fuels or from down feathers plucked from geese or ducks, often not in an ethical manner. But your next padded jacket not only could be good for birds, it could also support biodiversity, help farmers, and fight the climate crisis. Enter the humble bulrush, a plant similar to cattails which grows in peatlands around the world and has an unmistakable sausage-like flower head that becomes covered in fluffy seeds to be carried off in the wind. Turns out those seeds can make a warm, lofty, and water-resistant insulation perfect for puffy coats. A UK company called Saltico is using the fluff to create a product called BioPuff which they will harvest from bulrush, grown using an agricultural practice that re-wets peatlands to return them to health while offering farmers a marketable crop. Peatlands can store more carbon than all other vegetation types in the world combined, but many have been drained. So officials in the UK just announced grants to restore the vital ecosystems, including one that Saltico will use to grow bulrush near Manchester. It takes around 20 bulrush flower heads to fill one jacket, and the first seeds will be harvested from the English site in 2026. The coats will not only help mitigate the climate crisis, but will also make saving the planet fashionable. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.